1: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You heard her, go subscribe.
2: Welcome to the Collective Cafe, a virtual coffee experience, which takes place every single Monday through Friday 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in both Alpha Collectives Discord, that's discord.gg forward slash alpha collective and Startup Club's house in Clubhouse. It's free. It always will be free. There are no strings attached. There is no bait and switch, lurk or listen only, chat with one another in our back chat, or even come onto stage. The coffee shop is open for business. Whether you're on the treadmill, getting the kids ready for school, getting yourself ready for work, commuting into the big bad city, or maybe just even commuting from your bedroom to your home office. On Monday, we manifest. On Tuesday, we talk thought leadership. On Wellness Wednesday, we discuss mental health, wellness, and life skills. On Thursday, we do live book reads and discussions with the author. And then on Friday, it's No Agenda Friday where there is no agenda. Start your day off on the right foot, on the front foot, with virtual coffee, with the Collective Cafe, where we mastermind, we manifest, we collaborate, we help one another, at the business of Web3 or anything else that intersects, whether it's culture, collaboration, creativity, innovation, disruption, entrepreneurship, or coaching. So give us a subscribe, bit.ly forward slash collective cafe to go, or a review on your favorite podcast platform if you're listening on demand. Or, of course, join us every day live. It is addictive. And remember, it is a safe, welcoming space you will never ever be put on the spot this is alpha collectives collective cafe my name is joseph jaffe well good morning everybody <clears throat> it is friday friday you have made the right decision how will you know Well, you when you know you know you'll know at the end for sure um this is the collective cafe we run it Monday through Friday, 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Think of it as, as a coffee shop. It's a virtual coffee shop, which, and just like your coffee shop, you might have a favorite coffee shop. You might pop in. You might, you know, jump in just to get a cup of coffee. You might want to use the restroom. You might want to take a meeting. You might just want to hang out and chill and, and just reflect or introspect. It's what you make of it. And you can come and hang out as often as you want and as long as you want. There is a podcast version of it that we call the Collective Cafe To Go, like Coffee To Go, and uh, I'll put that link up a little bit later. I actually put up um, a link to my sub stack, and I want to talk to you. By the way, it's No Agenda Friday, which means there's no agenda, which means like, I have not come with any agenda. There's nothing necessarily that I uh, – I, I don't have an agenda as well in terms of self-serving, in terms of wanting you to do anything or needing you to do anything – if you want to come up to stage, raise your hand um, to the best of my ability i 'll try and bring everyone up you know sometimes it 's a little hard when you see someone who's been on for a day or two and has one follower, uh, but you know we take our chances and uh, and we trust i mean there's an element of trust here um, which is to give everybody a chance as opposed to look at people and go, "Oh, this person has got a lot of followers let 's bring them up well i don 't operate that way. How I do operate is based on relationships and trust and you know, sometimes if I see a regular, it, it makes it a little bit easier to know who they are, to identify them, um, and to bring them up. Um, but that doesn't mean, like I see Melissa uh, is in the audience and um, I would bring her up. I see Christopher is in the audience and I would bring him up. But if you want to come up, if you've got something on your mind, if something has got you stuck at the moment, um, not only let me try and get you unstuck, um, but maybe maybe other people in here are going to want to do that. Uh, please do share the room if you are so inclined. Um, That would be awesome. Um, Invite other people inside. Look, I don't care. Uh, This is a virtual coffee shop, so I don't mind whether one person's person's in here or a thousand people. I do have a vision that there will be thousands of people in this virtual coffee shop. If you think about it, if you actually just think about it for a second, um, imagine the power of one place to go, that everyone that, I mean, there are 8 billion people in the world. And I think about this all the time. I think about the fact that they are, that this applies to me and it applies to Yomi and Kyle and Muller and Will and Ross and Jonathan and Anna. There are 8 billion people in this world. Um, they're all searching for you. They just don't know that you exist yet. I mean, if you actually wake up every morning with that intention, with that feeling, which is there are people that would, that that I can help that would that can help me. There are connections, there are relationships, there are conversations out there, and and ultimately, you know, we are only separated by our inability to connect. And it's not even a deficiency on our part. It's a deficiency on the part of the social media outlets as well, in terms of how fans and friends and followers are ultimately created and algorithms and pay-to-play. That doesn't mean that you give up. You just persevere. You push through. And you do it and you win through consistency. You do that through consistency. So the way the way I look at this every day is I think all I need is one new person. Just one person in the room at the moment. There are 51 people. Just one person that says, you know what? I like this. I'm going to come back again. That's the goal. Sometimes we overthink things. Sometimes we get so focused on such a big hairy audacious goal which is important but we don't really have a plan to get there or maybe we do have a plan but but we forget that every journey begins with one step and if you can reduce every single goal of yours to one step to the smallest most minuscule step you're on your way you want to be able to run a marathon well it begins not with the first step it begins by actually putting on shoes Um, It begins by actually, and then eventually taking one step. You know, I remember um, my son, who's 16 now, um, he's like transformed his body. Um, He was um, quite severely overweight um, and really struggling mainly, and not mainly, but dealing with a lot of um, um, issues with respect to um, OCD and food um, and only eating certain foods. Um, And um, I said to him, we're going to run the turkey trot. We're going to run the five-mile turkey trot on Thanksgiving Day. I mean, he couldn't even run a quarter of a mile. He couldn't even run a tenth of a mile. Um, and I gave him a hell of an incentive, I mean, a hell of an incentive, which is we flew to London and we went to see a few English football games. And um, and I'll tell you, um, we started off, we, we ran a, a tenth of a mile and then a quarter of a mile and then half a mile and then eventually three-quarters of a mile, and then one mile, and he did it. He ran five miles. That's how we begin. Every journey begins with just a single step. What's your step? What's your single step? For me, and by the way, Chris, I just uh, invited you up. I saw you requested. I would love to have you come up. Professional life coach, motivational speaker, devoted husband and father. Um, You're speaking my language. You're speaking my language. Um, the, The world's perfect person uh, I aspire to be like you, my friend. Um, but I was just going to say, like, for me, the goal in every single one of these sessions is just one person. That doesn't say I'm going to tell someone. They just say, you know what, I think I might be back. And then they come uh, come back again. And, and, and they become a regular. And once they trust me, then and only then, they may go to someone in their network and say, Hey, why don't you come and join us in this virtual coffee? It's not half bad. You might even like it. Um, you know, start with a low bar. And then that's how we build. That's how we build community. One human being at a time. One relationship at a time. One connection at a time. Just remember that. You know, instead of boiling the ocean, just start and think about that first drop. But anyway, I'll pause there. Chris, welcome to No Gender Friday.
1: Good morning, how
2: are you doing? I'm great. What is on your mind? It's No Agenda Friday, which means you can ask a question, you can comment, you can add to something I'm saying, or you can actually just completely hijack the room and say, this is what's on my mind and and have an opportunity to lead a conversation um, and change the subject. So the floor is yours.
1: Yeah, I would just first like to say thank you for building a platform like this. It's something that I try to do on a regular basis myself. Um, As you know, I'm a professional life coach and a motivational speaker. Um, And that wasn't always the case. I spent over 30 years in construction management and did a job that I had to do instead of something that I was passionate about and wanted to do. And it wasn't until I got into recovery and started to do some self-growth and change my life, that I realized that my purpose on this planet was to help others make the same transformation. And in doing that, I have created a life coaching business. I've created podcasts. I've created workshops. And I've found that most of the people that struggle with daily issues, the main struggle is that they don't feel like they're good enough. And I resonate with that so much because for, you know, as a 53 year old man, honestly, for about the first 40 years of my life, I did not feel good enough. And that fear and that imposter syndrome kept me from being who it is that I wanted to be. And quite frankly, who it is that I really was. I believe that inside each one of us, we are who we really are, but we're also who we think we are. And if we can align those two things and realize that fear of failure, imposter syndrome, all those things are just a story that we tell ourselves. And we are born good enough to do whatever we want to do. But until we deep to the core believe in ourselves and believe that we are good enough to do something, we have already failed.
2: I mean, I I completely agree. And the thing is, even if we take that phrase, you're good enough, it's a relative statement, right? You're good enough for now. You know um, when is when is good enough? Good enough, um, and the, and and it depends, right? If it's an absolute measure, then then there was there's always going to be potentially a deficiency. Or another way to think about it is if if we are constant. Look, you're fifty three. I'm fifty two. Um, I'm a spring chicken compared to you. No, I mean you know it's like it's like I've been saying this a lot lately asking people do you believe that your best years are behind you or in front of you? Um, and I say that for people individually but also for brands or for companies, do you believe that your company's best days are behind you or in front of you? it's a it's a very telling question because if the answer is our best days are ahead. Um, that is hopeful it's 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 filled with wonder and optimistic and joy <clears throat> but it also means there's work to be done. Um, and, and it's great to always know that there is work to be done. It's, it's, wonderful, uh, it's wonderful to know that we're not these narcissistic beings that are just born perfect, formed perfect, and in fact, you know, right now you have two perfect human beings on stage right now. It's ridiculous. It's a fallacy. It's, it's delusional. And so this idea of good enough, we're good enough for right now. We're good enough, and tomorrow will be better and And in fact, you know a, a phrase that i've been that i've used i've I've actually spoken a lot about it in my in the last three and a half years through my my talk show is this idea of this idea this idea of what I call um perfectly imperfect right and you can flip it and say imperfectly perfect the the, the same idea that we are perfect in our imperfections it is our flaws, our warts our our foibles, you know, our quirks that actually make us perfect. Um because we're human. You know, and <clears throat> I mean, who can relate to someone that 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 has no flaws? Who can relate to a human being that has never failed? Who can relate to someone that has never learned from their mistakes? I can't. Um and so I prefer now the flip side that I will say is the hard part and the challenge, and this is why. Look, I just became a business coach myself um, with with EOS. Is is the fact that you 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 have to be humble, but you also can't be so humble that you have no confidence. And so it's um it's it's a it's definitely a balancing act. You want to be confident, but not overconfident. You want to be confident, but not supremely confident. Uh, you also don't want to be so confident that you become arrogant that you become aloof that you become detached that you actually stop learning and stop growing for me that's your benchmark your benchmark is did i grow today did i learn today you know am i better off today than i was yesterday for not just because of the good things but the good the bad and the ugly and that's why i always say my benchmark for this room is did i leave i myself not not even the people in the audience did I leave better off than when I came in? You know, as a content creator, as the host, did I learn something? And I learned generally um, f- from all of you, from your comments, from your from coming up on stage, but I also actually learn from myself by talking, by articulating, by forming thoughts in my, you know, that otherwise would have just been. Um, ephemeral or would have been buried or suppressed or would have been just kind of like unformed. And that's why I always say, I encourage you all to come on stage. I encourage you all to, to, you know, to tell us what's on your mind. This is a safe space and it always will be.
1: Yeah, I think a hundred percent, I resonate with everything you said. And I think that, you know, the main thing that I've learned throughout my own life is that, I don't have to be the best. I just have to wake up every morning and be better than I was yesterday. And for me, that is such a daunting job that it can't be done by myself. I need the help of others to become my best self, my most authentic self. And the way I do that is exactly like you said, that's the, the main thing that I love about life coaching the most is when I'm helping other people, I also help myself on a daily basis, you know, I went through periods of my life where I beat myself up because of some of the things that I've put myself through and some of the trauma that I had in my life, and I realized one day that, that I went through all of those things so that I could learn how to, with the help of others, overcome them, and most importantly, I can now help other people through those same type of traumas. And when I help them with their trauma, it gives me a daily reminder of how important it is that I give a hundred percent every day to try to be a better man than I was yesterday.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. And I'll just, I'll say one, one more thing and then we'll go to uh, your braj. Um, I, am um, so I completed boot camp for EOS. So EOS, it stands for the entrepreneurial operating system. And, um, and it's, and it's weird for me. I mean, I've written five books. Now I'm out there teaching someone else's book, a book called Traction. Um, I'm working a system and teaching a system and coaching a system that has 21,000 clients. Mm-hmm. I could not do this if I was stuck in my own, um, in my own what I would call idiosyncrasies um, and imposter syndrome and all of the, um, all of the, the little voice, which I would call now the judge, um, saying to me, what are you doing teaching somebody else's system? You should be teaching your system. You know, all of the words that basically that would try and destabilize me and derail me. And I'll tell you something that um, I completed boot camp three months ago. And I th- it was, it's been hard. It's been really challenging. Yesterday, just yesterday, I got my first client. So so, I won my first client yesterday after three months. And I thought to myself, like, I wish I had known now, you know, or then what I know now. I probably would have started that biz dev a lot sooner. Or maybe I would have, maybe, you know, when my brother reached out and told me about EOS um, a year ago, a year ago I could have actually just said, you know, screw it, let's do it and I could have become a coach. Imagine where I would be one year later, how many clients I would have, the position I'd be one year later. But I'll tell you, at the same time, I wouldn't have gone to boot camp with the individuals that I've gone to boot camp with, my accountability partner, my cohort, my individual coach. Everything has worked out as it was meant to work out. And, and if you believe that, if you go into every day and experience realizing that everything happens for a reason or there's a corollary and it's an important one that everything that happens to you is a gift they're two different points but they're actually quite similar the first point says it's part of a bigger plan but actually that bigger plan is if you can actually turn it into a gift what did i learn from this you know how am i better off um why did this happen to me? You don't have to get so deeply philosophical. You don't have to believe in 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 energy and higher power and spirituality and religion and you can just actually say that everything that is happening to you is creating and forming you. For example, could I've become a business coach at 42? Sure. Could I've been a business coach at 32? Probably. Hell, there are a lot of 22-year-old Uh, So-called business coaches swarming Clubhouse, sliding into your DMs on Twitter spaces, in Instagram as well. But for me, I feel at the age of 52 now, I'm at the right place at the right time where my work experience, where everything of mine has led up to this moment, where I still have the youthful exuberance, where, where I still have the energy, where I have the the, the creativity, where I have the propensity to take risk, but I've got decades now of experience that I can counterbalance it with. So, so it, it, doesn't, it doesn't behoove us to spend more than a few seconds, a minute or two, lamenting what could have been. Rather, take that, transform it into a different kind of energy, which is what are you going to do about it now, and that's when the that's when growth happens, I think I chased off uh other speaker
1: yeah, that's uh you make a great point right and, and I truly believe that you know you go to the spiritual side um you are never faced with anything that you can't handle, right, and so what I mean by that is that they The universe, the energy, the spirituality never gives you more than you can handle at that moment. And it is designed that way because I truly believe your best therapist, your best coach, your best whatever you want to call it, is somebody that has been through what it is that you're trying to overcome. And how can they, for example, help you walk through hell if they haven't walked through hell themselves, right? So, Um, The reason that I went through all of these things in my life and had to, you know, realize first that I had the power to overcome those things within myself the whole time. And secondly, realize that I was okay when I was going through those things, because we build these things up to where they're the end of the world and we make them so overwhelming that we just don't even want to put forth the effort to try to overcome them. But if we realize that deep inside ourselves, we already have the power to overcome anything. And then once we overcome something, we get this strength that allows us to overcome the next obstacle. And when you take it into a life of service or a life of coaching as you and I have, the most power and the most strength that I get now is I don't want to say helping someone overcome something because that's not what I do. What I do is try to guide them in a way to make them realize that they already have the power to overcome it by themselves and once i help them with that realization i get this incredible joy and this incredible strength by literally doing what i feel is everybody's purpose on this planet and that's to help others
2: and it sounds it sounds lofty but it really isn't i mean i i am. Um you know i've i've mentored startups my whole life uh but i'd never coached and and i actually felt like in a way that this was i feel like it's a it's like teaching there are i don't think there is a, a loftier i don't think there is a loftier place to be than to be in a position to be of service um to help others um whether you're mentoring whether you're whether you're teaching whether you are um, coaching, I actually and I've said this to people that that I had like almost like a, an epiphany, like a life epiphany a few weeks ago when I realized that my red thread, you know the thing that 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 connects everything I've done, everything I'm doing and everything I will do, is this concept of getting people unstuck and and even though the concept of unstuck even in my mind when I say it sounds a little, I don't know, like um it sounds a little cliched. Um, but what isn't cliched is the concept of what it is to be stuck. You know, the get unstuck sounds like like a book that you might pick up at the at the airport. The, hey, that might be my next book I write. But what is it to be stuck? And what I've realized is you can be stuck in a rut. You can be stuck in a job that you're miserable. Um, that you know that 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 just makes you miserable. The commute, the cube farm, the going back to work. Hell, you can be stuck and be moving as well. So people think of like being stuck as in not moving. You can be stuck because you're just moving too much. You're just like kind of um you know like you have no direction. You're just moving, moving, moving all the time, treading water all the time, but you're actually not getting anywhere. So I've started to put a lot of thought. Behind this idea and for me now like my why becomes, if you bring an idea or an opportunity to me, I'm just going to ask the question you know does it fill does it fulfill you know my own personal rubric um, does it allow am I in a position where I can help the other person or the company or the community get unstuck, return to growth and become forever changed that has become my continuum. Because every journey, just like you know, that like we started off talking today about, every journey begins with a step. But it it should be a step in a direction, hopefully in the right direction. That step needs to lead to another step and to another step and eventually momentum. Yesterday we had a whole conversation in the session on I Dare You about direction and momentum. Those are critical, critical phases. But to what end? And I feel that what end is this idea of being forever changed. When you look back and you say, today I'm nothing like, in no way, shape or form, am I like I was before. That's what it is to be forever changed. When I look at my life now in 2023, there is not one thing that I do today that I was doing pre-COVID. Not one. I was consulting. I was a public speaker. You know, I... I don't speak anymore. I don't consult anymore. Um, I didn't have a talk show then. I, you know, didn't have... I've been working now with building a professional organization called Alpha Collective. Um, Being in Web3, every aspect of my life is different now. And, And it didn't require a midlife crisis. But it's exactly why I'm writing a book called Forever Changed, or I've written it. I now have to just... You know, get that book published because the point there is you don't need a midlife crisis. You don't need death. You don't need divorce. You don't need to be laid off. You don't need a flipping global pandemic to change, to become forever change, to, to move towards the light, to love what you do, to be true to yourself and to stay the course. But guess what? It begins with a single step. It begins with that intention. It begins with the ability to actually you know, commit as scary, as hard as it is to making that change, whether it's a diet, whether it's a five-mile turkey trot race, um, whether it's being able to make a life change or a career change. I think a lot of it also comes down to being very clear about what your mandatories are and what your negotiables are. And to prioritize because there are many things that we say are mandatories that absolutely are not. Like the house you live in, like the car you drive, um, like even the city you live in. I feel, and I've always felt, that the only thing that is immutable, immovable, and mandatory are are your relationships, specifically your spouse, your children, your family. And it's not always the case. Let's just be very clear. Unfortunately, the spouse, you may not end up and stay with that same spouse. Um, you may end up at a point where you're not talking to your siblings. There are those cases. But, but you know what? Shame on, on us. Shame on all of us if we got ourselves into that situation and if we didn't at least try our damnedest to get us out. We're not victims. We're not helpless. We're not hopeless. We have so much power, and we're not alone. And that's what I'm learning. By the way, none of that has anything to do with, my, with the business coaching I'm doing. It's just kind of my own transformation. I'm talking to you, but I'm actually talking to myself in many respects as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, uh, you know, For a long period of my life, you know, in the construction management side of things, I was extremely successful. And, you know, I spent the last 10 years of that career as as a vice president of a nationwide construction firm. So I made it to the top of the ladder in that field. But as far as my personal life, I was a hot mess. I, you know, was miserable deep inside myself. And it wasn't until someone told me that I needed to help myself first before I could help anybody else that I started to realize that I had to work on that transformation that you talked about. You know, I had to go deep and get inside myself and, And try to realize the things that were making me feel inadequate, the things that were making me feel like I wasn't a good husband, I wasn't a good father. I had all those material things, you know, the big house, the new car, all those stuff. And I was still completely miserable inside. And the reason that I was miserable inside is because none of those things make you happy. And now that I'm on the other side of self-transformation, I do everything differently. I used to be a workaholic. I used to be the dad that missed birthdays. I used to be the, the husband that forgot anniversaries. I used to be all those things. And now what I do is when I make my schedule for the week, the first thing that I put on my schedule is recreation and family time because I can always work. But what's most important to me is doing things for myself that make me happy and spending time with my family. So if I make those the most important things on my Google schedule, and I fit work around those things, then what that does for me is it makes me happy inside. And once I'm happy inside, that confidence and that strength that I get from that allows me to be a better entrepreneur, a better coach. Um, It allows me to actually get more done by slowing down and doing less.
2: I've just come up with a with a name for this episode because <clears throat> as I was telling people, if you're new in the room today, there is a podcast version of it, um, and you can get it at bit. dot forward slash collective cafe to go. So I'm calling this episode "Life Blocking," meaning you know we have time blocking, but we need to do life blocking. We need to block our time for life and to be truly alive. So we've just created a new uh, a new concept today life blocking not time blocking or time blocking for life equals life blocking i want to um i want to change the subject a little bit and and talk about um and by the way i i if you- want, if you do want to come up and and uh you're not completely new in clubhouse um even though I enjoy saying salam alaikum back um just raise your hand. I saw a tool was there and um so i and requested to come up if he's still in in the room. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about why I put my Substack um, up up top. I, you know, I, I'd seen people talking about Medium and Substack and I kind of just, I don't know, ignored it. Uh, I wasn't really creating that much original content. I guess Substack's been around now for well over, I mean, two years, three years, I don't know, a year, a long time. And then eventually I decided, well, let me go and experiment And let me start the sub stack. Um, I didn't really even know what I was doing. I still am not sure. I'm still not quite sure that I know what I'm doing. I made a few decisions and I decided uh, it's all part of like a bigger realization, which is that every day I've been pushing content out on LinkedIn. But LinkedIn is not the right place for me to push all my content out or publish, I should say, all my content. Not at all. And so what I've started to do and what I am doing now is going to be much more deliberate in terms of when content goes to LinkedIn and when it goes somewhere else. But the reason I'm telling you about this is yesterday, the most amazing thing happened, which is um, I got an email, I mean, via Substack that said that someone had pledged $8 a month um, to, you know, to subscribe to my Substack. Now, Here's the rub. Here's the catch. I didn't have subscriptions activated. I didn't have any premium subscriptions. I just decided, you know what? I'm just going to do it for free. I'm just going to like just share the stuff and whoever wants to kind of, let me rather just build Substack. Let me build the list. Let me build a community within uh, this community. And that decision was not made by me. That decision was made by somebody else. And I embraced it. And and so now you can actually go and, and subscribe to a premium version of Substack of mine for $8 a month. Um, and it opened up a whole new world and a whole new avenue. And I just went with it. I decided to go with it. Um, it's also going to push me. It's also going to push me to say, okay, well, you've got subscribers now paying you $8 a month. Uh, one, I have one subscriber, Um, what are you going to do for them that's different? What are you going to do for them that's special? Um, And it's forced me to have to innovate, and it's forced me to have to think about it. So now what I have to do is, and and you know what? Suddenly my head explodes with possibilities. For example, the amazing session we had about when digging yourself into a hole um, this week, I believe it was this week, it seems like a lifetime ago, I can now go to LinkedIn and say, here are the first three, but if you want the if you want the full ten, it's available for free on my Substack. Subscribe to my Substack, or what I can start to do is I can deliver five um, of the of the ten, and then the remaining five to a premium subscriber, or not at all. There are benefits, pros and cons about doing that. I I operate on a system that I call reward and punishment, and I've said it to many of, the, many of the regulars will know exactly what I'm talking about. And the idea is you should never punish someone. You should rather just reward someone else. So what I mean by that is if there are 10 points, you should rather give everyone the 10 points, but some people get the 11th or the 12th or the 13th, or some people get an expanded version of that. So to me, this is a really, really... Um, powerful model for anything we do. Decide what your MVP is. Decide what your basic delivery is and make that open to as many people as possible. And then for people that want to pay or pay a little bit more, that's when you surprise and delight. That's when you over-deliver. This, my approach, flies in the face of the whole freemium model model of, uh, of a lot of the bait and switch that you see. And there's good and bad, trust me. You know, the freemium model is amazing and it works. You know, get the first three uh, articles and then you have to pay or get the first 500 characters or whatever the case may be. Uh, freemium is a great go-to-market strategy. Um, but when you are in business, when you are in business, you have to think about reward and punishment. So the example I always give is the airline business. Right? When airlines took away food from Coach and they gave this beautiful meal, not so beautiful, to first class, they were basically starving people. You know, you don't mess with Maslow, as I often say. So, what did they do? They moved to a new system where they will charge for food. And turns out people will pay for food. I mean, surprise, surprise. We go to restaurants all the time, we have no problem paying for food. And nobody said, nobody said that um, we expect food when we get on a plane. I mean, it's good to hydrate with some water or a soda. It's good to have some nuts or whatever, a little snack. But we're we're capable of bringing our own food on a plane, and we're capable of paying for food as well. And eventually, we're capable of paying for a business or a first-class seat where we get that meal if that meal was so important to us. Which turns out it actually isn't. So it's just something to think about. You know, th- this whole conversation. Why I put the Substack. Uh, of course, I would love everyone here to subscribe to my Substack. Not to pay me the eight dollars, but just to subscribe to the Substack. So, for example, when I when I summarize um, today's uh, session, uh, maybe it will live on LinkedIn because I am trying to now focus my LinkedIn on coaching. Um, on business coaching but life coaching i don't know maybe that belongs in substack you know the ability to talk about imposter syndrome and and you know the whole thing uh, got kicked off with chris talking about this idea of being good enough and feeling good enough is that something for linkedin yes and no because there are a lot of people on linkedin that are struggling with that so maybe the answer is yes but if it if I feel that it's a little bit off the the focus of business and leadership coaching, right? EOS talks about vision traction healthy. They talk about an entire company being aligned around a common vision of where the company is, where the company is going and how to get there. Traction is discipline and accountability around that vision, and healthy is The leadership team and everyone in the company all rowing in the same direction, all aligned, all moving together in a cohesive manner. So if I don't feel that the content should sit in one of those or does kind of feed that focus, it doesn't belong on LinkedIn. But I have to be very careful now about this idea of like the peep show. You just get to peep a little bit and then... And then I cover the hole and you got to pay another 25 cents. That's a little sleazy. I'm not sure that that's the way to go, even though it is a proven best practice. And so I just wanted to share um, the story. And if there is an interesting little tale or angle in the story, it's the fact that the decision was made for me, not by me. It was an act of kindness. It was an act of kindness that honestly I've never seen before. Because maybe the mechanism didn't exist. So kudos to Substack for doing that. It's like having a tip jar. You know, if you don't have a tip jar, you're probably not going to get a tip. But suddenly when there is a, and, and, there's a, and it lands very differently if I have a tip jar in front of me versus if I'm just in, an, in a coffee shop where there happens to be a tip jar and somebody walks past and drops in a dollar, it lands very differently. So my message to you ultimately is sometimes go for it. You know, if your eyes are, are are open, if you if if you are blind to kindness, if you're blind to possibility, if you're blind to generosity, then then you will never see. But when somebody does something for you, and by the way, a lot of us are really really bad, myself included, at being able to be grateful, at to express gratitude, just to say the two most powerful words in the world in the in the english language which is thank you instead of pushing back and saying you know what honestly just keep your money it's fine i I, i'm i'm not gonna i'm not i'm too i don't think i'm gonna charge or if i am i haven't figured out what i'm gonna charge or it's a little too early in the journey i just went with it you know when 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 the universe delivers right whether whether it's positive or negative whether it's Kindness or cruelty, go with it, go for it, and go with it. Um, instead of overthinking it, instead of overanalyzing it, or worse still, instead of it making you stuck or or causing you to become stuck, uh, whether it's analysis paralysis, whether it's um, whether it's debilitated with fear, with indecision, with procrastination, um, with uncertainty, sometimes the best thing to do, to quote Nike, is just do it.
1: Yeah, 100%, man. I mean, you know, as far as my own life and my own transformation, one of the biggest things one of my early mentors said to me is, if you are worried about giving everything away for free, you must not think you have much to offer. And when he said that to me, it really, I took it to heart and And, you know, just how I run my own coaching business now, I don't buy ads, I don't do AI, I don't do all these things that you can pay money and automate the situation. How I approach my business is by connecting with people. And once I offer the fact that I really want to get to know them, then I offer some gift sessions. And I coach them and I get to know them and and become their friend. And then what that does is if i can show them that our relationship is becoming valuable enough to them eight times out of ten they will start a conversation to where they are asking me hey what would it look like if we coach for six months what would that cost what do you charge right so literally by giving myself away to them and them realizing that there's value in the relationship that we are building eventually they want more of that value, and they're willing to pay for it.
2: I'm I'm going to uh, I'm going to go to Praxim in Discord because he always comes up with something so lateral, esoteric, left field, right field, insightful. He always makes me smarter. But before I do that, I'm actually like kind of inspired by what Chris said. So from now on, what I'm going to start to say is, if ever I use the word free. From now on, I'm going to try, you know, never say never. Uh, um, and I'm going to say, it's free right now, but you're going to want to pay for it at some point, or you may choose to pay for it at some point, or if it gives you value, then you may want to pay for it at some point. And I'll tell you, this also goes back, I'll just kind of leave it at this. I've discussed this in, in the Collective Cafe. As an author, and I'm sure many of you are authors too, we Pour our life into a book. We sweat and we toil and we we invest our time, our effort, our emotions, our energy, our money into a book, and then someone goes, "Yeah, I didn't really like that book. Felt a little indulgent. One star on Amazon." Um, or people complain uh, they spend twenty dollars on the book because the book sells for twenty nine ninety five. And Jeff Bezos in his glory says, yeah, we're going to pay 19. You're going to charge actually 19 for it because we say so and we're Amazon. And so what, what typically ends up happening is for $20, someone feels they've earned the right to basically call your baby ugly. And, and, and trust me, um, even though I'm saying it that way, this is the game. These are the rules of the game. And there's nothing you can do about it. So instead of crying over it, just deal with it and move on. But there is something inherently broken in a system where people feel that they've earned the right to crush you, your dreams, you know, criticize you after paying $20 for a book. And sometimes, by the way, it's even worse. Sometimes they didn't even pay for the book. They got the book for free. It was given to them at a conference and they still feel the need to criticize. But I'm going to take that and I'm going to transform it into pure positivity which is I'd like to see a world, I'd like to see a reality where people actually buy a book and they go, this book, uh, Melissa and I were discussing it I think the other day, uh, this book is actually worth $200. This book is actually worth $20,000. And I told the story of how I actually received two diamonds in the mail from someone that said this book was worth two diamonds, um, which we gave to my daughter as earrings. So I would like to see a world, as long as the world exists, where we feel we can criticize and critique and offer one-star and two-star reviews, we should also have the means and the mechanism to offer an $8 subscription on Substack, to send diamond earrings to someone, to be able to find a way to pay for them. Because it's free today, but it's not always going to be free. And I think if that actually comes from the person giving the thing away for free, wow, that's an amazing intention to set, not just for the other person but for themselves. This is where I am today. This is what's good enough today. This is how I'm good enough today. But can you imagine where I'm going to be in the future? Can you imagine what I'm going to be charging for this in a a month, a year, 10 years, etc.? But let me pause right there. Praxim, what's on your mind? We, you know, that no agenda Fridays take us in many directions. Sometimes we don't talk about Web three at all. Um, um, sometimes we talk about T shaped people and uh, and other crazy things. But I, I want to hear what's on your mind. Friday wouldn't be the same without you.
0: Well, thanks for having me. Good morning, and good afternoon for those of you that are not in a morning time zone, but. This T-shaped person uh, listening to, I'm a little late this morning because my coffee didn't quite kick in, I guess, is um, what I've been hearing in the conversation makes me think of the area that's called transactional versus transformational. Really, we we a lot of times start our our relationships, be it personal or um, business, as uh, transactional, and what we really want is transa- transformational tra- uh, instead of transactional. And I think this is the the crux of why sometimes you feel good about your relationship, and sometimes uh, you know you really need to invest more before the transaction happens. So, tell me if that uh, if you've heard of this before: transactional versus transformational.
2: Well, I, I, I'm thinking we need a new word called transational that you just said, kind of like by Transitional, accident. yes, or transitional. Um, look, I've, I've what I have heard of has always been the idea of transactions versus relationships, right? In selling, in in so many aspects, we want to move from just something that is transactional to something that is relationship uh, based. But what you're not talking about relationships, you're talking about transformational. Um, so. Correct. So I haven't heard of that, and just even viscerally or you know if you're asking me a a transaction seems to be very uh literal like one and done like it forms it fulfills a function it performs a function um it 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 does what it's you know it's it it does what it says it was going to do, but clearly the idea of um transformational is this idea of um put it this way. It is, I often talk about input, output, outcome. Um, And so transactional, it is an output, right? Um, But actually transactional, if you think I was going to say it's not, it's an outcome, it's not. It's actually an input. So the actual output becomes the input. It becomes a means to an end. It becomes part of something else. It's almost like answering a question with another question. So I like that. It's very dynamic. And you could actually, if you want to just go back, I don't even need ChatGPT for this. Um, Transactional is an input, right? Or at least, no, sorry. Transactional is an output. Relational is an outcome. But transformational is an input, but not the input you would imagine, a dynamic input. How How does that land for you?
0: exactly um it's something that i've been espousing in my uh corporate position right uh, the thing we sell it has transformational value not transactional value even though there's transactions along the way the whole goal of it is it's transformational and it's it's a it's a concept that it's really hard for people to wrap their head around because you will make different um trade offs to achieve a transactional uh, goal versus a transformational goal. Uh, simple one is: transactionals are all very short-term oriented, and transformational very long-term
2: oriented. And you could and and the relational, the relational, the relational part um, isn't actually here's another ironic part, but isn't actually as long-term as the transformational. Because unfortunately, the reality is relationships come and go. Um, a relationship that you have with your boss, a relationship that you have with your company, a relationship, you know, God forbid, with a spouse, a relationship with a business partner, a relationship with a client, a relationship with a community. There is, you know, to quote Bez, who's in our audience, uh, re- necessary endings. And when you... when you, But it's but something that is transformational doesn't really have an ending does it it is you know it is it is just this dynamic flow state
0: but what i'll say is that with because we're talking about a spectrum of things here right and on the personal front there can be transformational things even if you lose connection for a while and then reconnect with somebody like think of somebody you may have met early in your person like at High school or university or early in your career, and then you've lost track of them and you come back to them over time. If it was just transactional, you'd say, "Oh hi, bye," and you'd, you'd disconnect again. Uh, but if it was transformational for you that you didn't even realize it was transformational, you'll reconnect like as if you uh, hadn't been disconnected for five years or ten years or whatever that amount of time was.
2: Hey, listen, I didn't say that the person that sent me the uh, the $8 pledge was someone who was, you know, a blog reader, a free blog reader, um, and a free podcast listener all the way back in 2006, 2007, 2008. And their words to me is, you've given me so much. This is the least I can do to give back. Um, I actually posted... Yeah. I posted my, I wasn't going to initially, but I actually posted my, my specific page at EOS, um, which is, which is great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a different, it's a different expression of my life, a different leg of my journey. Um, and this idea of just, you know, helping change lives because, you know, one of the things that at EOS that, that people say now is, you know, we help entrepreneurs get what they want from their business so they can run a better business and live a better life. That's what well, Chris was saying uh, at the beginning as well. What is standing in our way of life blocking? What is standing in our way of actually living the life that we deserve, that we've earned? And the answer, I mean, it sounds trite, but it's true. Trite, but true. Um, is that all the voices, everything in the world, everything that tells us, that we don't deserve, that we need to do more, that we don't, that, that this life is not within our reach. Those are the voices. Those voices are external voices. They're voices of society, of expectation, of none of them are real. I mean, none of them are real. Uh, you know, when I say it sounds trite, is like I never was the person saying this. That's why I'm saying It sounds weird now that I'm saying it. Uh, It feels weird that it's taken me 52 years to get there uh, and realize, A, there was nothing wrong with me and that I wasn't having a midlife crisis. I might be having a midlife crisis Um, or midlife awakening, as I've learned. I might be. And let 52, by the way, be midlife, which means I'm going, you know, to Joma, to use a nice cricketing term, I'm 52 not out. Um, He's on the phone, so he might not even have heard that. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's... Good times, good times for all of us if we choose to actually have good times, and if we believe that we deserve it, and we've earned it, and we all do because we're all good enough. Um, so th- you know, thanks for that as always, Praxim. This concept of um, transformational. I would also say, you know, when I go back to my kind of why statement now, get unstuck, uh, return to growth, and become forever changed. That that the the transformational component and forever changed are very consistent. Because when you are forever changed, then, I mean, there has to have been some kind of transformation, some kind of change. And there are obviously very, a bunch of models for it, right? There's, you know, the, the, the chrysalis and the moth and the, the butterfly and the cocoon. Um, but it actually doesn't have to be that dramatic. It could just be happiness. It could just be not having to look back and say, I didn't have, I mean, how many people in the audience today um, would subscribe to the fact that we didn't, you know, I wish I'd spent more time with my kids. I wish I'd spent more time. I wish my, my mom or my dad had spent more time with me. These are, um, I forget his first name, but, I, but his, his last name is Brooks. These are um, what are called eulogy Versus resume virtues. People don't remember how hard you worked in the office or how much money you made. Um, they remember the moments. They remember the magic. They might even just remember one clubhouse session on a Friday on, on August 18th. That connected with them, that inspired them, that motivated them. That was free or, or not free. It doesn't matter. All that stuff is just, you know... or and 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 i'll tell you the i'm so glad i shared that substack thing with you today because it just it just it brought me back to uh it just it gave me such a great jolt and and a bit of a it was like a checkpoint saying hey joe you're on the right track you know keep going and sometimes we all need that we all need that little bit of validation not feeding our egos or you know, kind of success theater. But just sometimes from the least likely place or space or person, just something, someone that says, keep it up, you're doing great. Um, and, you know, it's it, this $8, if, if this were actual, I, I'd want to frame it. Why? Because it's my first $8 on Substack. But also because of what it represented. Little acts of kindness that go such a long way. So, Chris, I'm um, so glad you came onto stage today, um, and want to make sure. Um, uh, Callaghan said, uh, "Thank you for your inspirational words." Um, and Chris, you were just—I um, uh, don't know if you—if you're able to talk, uh, but I'll just read what you said. Uh, Thank you very much. This was an incredible topic, an incredible feeling. I have a leadership seminar to run. So I have to get off, but just to let anyone know if they need anything from me, reach out. I'm always available. And I think it's important to do that. I want to see more of that. I want to see more that people feel they they don't feel ashamed or embarrassed or or shamed uh, to basically say, This is what I do. This is how I make money. Or this is how I'm trying to make money. You know, that's why I wanted this eight dollar, you know, that I'm embracing eight dollars. As opposed to being able to say, "Hey, I just sold my business for eight million dollars right people are more likely to share the eight million dollar stories, not the eight dollar stories but the eight dollar stories are the magic stories and I think that that we all need to be in a position and if we are in a place that doesn't you know that that doesn't allow us to do this maybe you're in the wrong place. A place should be where you get to say hey i'm I'm I've made a change, I've made a career change, or I'm trying my best to earn a living, or my revenue was taken away from me because of COVID, or I got laid off and this is what I'm doing now. And they should have the ability to actually share that and say, by the way, I'm not like, you know, with Chris, it's just, hey, this is what I'm doing right now. You know, so yeah, reach out to him if you haven't already. If you haven't followed him or or check his links, etc. Um, I want people to feel in the Collective Café, Um, that that connections can be made, that networking can be done, as long as people are here for the right reasons, you know, and and, and their heart is full. Um, So, Chris, I know you just came off mute. Last word for you.
1: Yeah, I I thank you for that, first of all. And, uh, yeah, I I have my own clubhouse room. It's called Tribe of Transformation that I lead with a coaching partner of mine in the U.K. So everyone, please check it out. Um, if you need anything from me on a personal level, um, you know, I would like to extend a gift session to anyone who needs it. Um, my whole goal in this life of service that I'm doing now is to help people. And I know as long as I keep it, the focus on the service, then I will be successful. So my main goal in life is to let everyone out there know that I'm available to them for whatever they need. Thanks a lot guys. I
2: appreciate it. Hey Chris, let me know when your room is. Send me a direct message or share, uh, and maybe I'll pop in. By the way, and and you know, to, to go from the sublime to the ridiculous, I have to take my coin for a service right now. So, serve, whether whether you're living a life of service or you're taking your coin for a service, service needs to be or you're in customer service, service is the word. Um, but Chris, let, let us know when, when you're, is it, is it a weekly room? Is it? Uh...
1: Yes, it's, uh, we have been doing it on Mondays and Fridays at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. I live in Tampa, Florida, so that would be 8 p.m. BST. Um, we have a different one today. At three PM on Google Meet, it's a transformation workshop, coaching workshop that we're doing. So I will, I will provide you with the links for all that stuff. You can also just look me up on Clubhouse or Facebook and uh, get all those links as well. I do I'm following Facebook
2: you. I, I'm I'm following so, you. Well, listen, everyone, have an amazing Friday. Have an amazing a uh, fry yay, and um, uh, I will be back. We are always back Monday through Friday. 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, on Monday, we kind of manifest Tuesdays, Thought Leadership Tuesday, Wednesday, Wellness Wednesday, Thursday, live book reads. And I have to find a new book. i thinking maybe of actually starting to read Flip the Funnel, which I know would make Melissa happy, which is my third book. Um, and then on Friday, we we kind of do No Gender Fridays. I've uh, been thinking about turning No Gender Fridays into um, an opportunity to also look back on my show, on the episode of my show that I've just published and highlight a couple of uh, key sound bites or takeaways. Uh, So you almost kind of like get the best of the show. Um, And we could still combine that with a little bit of open mic. So that might become our Fridays. Um, But uh, off to service now, actually off to take my coin for service. Have an amazing uh, weekend. Um, Spend time with the people you love. Uh, do things that you love. Um, hopefully, both are one and the same. Bye, everyone.
0: This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.